With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everybody, and happy, happy Wednesday to all of you. This is Home in the Morning, and it is Common Sense Radio, and this didn't take too long. We figured this was going to come the whole potential indictment of Donald J. Trump, the very unusual letter that is sent by Jack Smith, who is now the new plush toy for the entirety of the mainstream media, including CNN, which uh, basically just, uh, wow, knocked itself out with the whole Subway sandwich debacle. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But you know you know how these news organizations do, though. Uh, I, really, strangely enough, what they do is they, 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 they always have uh, their little heroes. As long as, they're, as long as they're anti-Trump or Trump detractors, they kind of make celebrities out of their little heroes. Jack Smith is one. They, they wouldn't know Jack Smith if he fell on their head. Uh, but they, but Jack Smith is their new guy. Colonel Vinman, remember him? He was the same way. Dr. Fauci. I mean, name one little Trump detractor, and they become celebrities, especially in the minds of CNN. It's really weird, but that's what they do. So this January 6th thing is going to be a, a different story. It, First of all, it's it's very unusual for someone who is at the top of the food chain prosecutorially, I mean, as a target, very unusual for these individuals to get these kinds of letters. These letters are normally given to people who are more on the on the under scale uh, because it's it's a, it's designed to scare them. It's designed to kind of push them into a deal making mode, perhaps where they're going to drop a dime on the main target, the big fish. But it's very unusual to have the big fish get the letter. And the only reason you'd send it is for publicity's sake. That, that's, that's pretty much it. It's a stunt. And that's the only reason, really, that you would, you would send a, a target letter to the biggest f- target in the pond. It just doesn't make any sense. These letters are designed, again, to flush people out of the bushes. They're not really designed just simply for the sake of saying, hey, Al Capone, we got you. That's not what that's not what these people do, unless they're doing it for publicity's sake, and they clearly were. Uh, Jonathan Turley on Fox News this about everything. This is a step that usually will come towards the end of an investigation. Uh, when you receive these types of letters, it often gives your client the opportunity to appear in a grand jury. They are never a welcomed uh, thing to receive. Uh, usually a target letter is before you receive an indictment. Uh, that's not necessarily uh, the case. 
but it's viewed that way by most criminal defense attorneys. These letters often uh, tell the target that they need to preserve evidence, that they need to look at counsel, and that they have a set period of time where they can appear before the grand jury. Uh, the concern here is that the uh, special counsel could be proceeding on a case that might be constitutionally challenged. Uh, if the case is built around Trump's speech on the ellipsis on January 6th, I don't believe that it could withstand judicial review. The question is, does Smith have something else, something that's a direct link to uh, a conspiracy or effort uh, to cause uh, violence? We haven't seen that. I mean, the January 6th Committee in Congress came up with nothing uh, as a direct nexus to that type of evidence. So he has nothing. Uh, if, if all that's going to in, be involved in this prosecution is President Trump's speech, he's got nothing. This is nothing more than just basic harassment, uh, which is something Trump has dealt with the entirety of the time since he was elected and even, and even for that matter before. So if, if it's just going to be about the speech, uh, there, there's, there's no way. You can, I mean, I, I, again, you can indict a ham sandwich, ham sandwich. We all know that. That's a foregone conclusion. You can do anything you want to. Uh, but ultimately, the, the, any J6 charges, if they're, they're tied only to the speech this isn't going anywhere. But I'm not quite sure that that really is the intention to begin with. As I think you all can pick up on, this is complete and total uh, design to be harassment. They want to float the idea out there. But if, if, if you're charged with whatever the charge will happen to be, if it's insurrection or whatever, technically the goal is to keep you from ever being able to even run for president at that point you can't even be elected president under those circumstances so that might be their goal as president trump continues to mount his offensive and be untouched by these nags 314-566-6104 one more little tidbit here from jonathan turley and happy wednesday to all of you it's Common Sense Radio, Jamie Allman here. This is Allman in the Morning. Uh, he points out that you have to really, this is this is not just any old indictment. You have to make sure that you have all the goods. You have to make sure that you have the goods as it relates to something other than the speech. And Jack Smith doesn't have that. No, and, and it doesn't matter to anybody who is the Trump detractor whether he does or not. This is all just for show. This is all just designed, of course, to, to get to a certain level where uh, they just plant this seed. But it's, it's, it's harassment is what it is. It's, it's your typical weaponization of the... Justice Department and beyond, and, and nothing new. But Turley says, you know, you, there's there's got to really be more than this. Weaponization of the criminal justice system. That's why this indictment, if there is one coming, could be so important. With Mar-a-Lago, th those were classic types of charges, a classic built case. 
This one, they have to really stick the landing so that few, that no one will question it, or few people would question it. That's going to require some very direct and strong evidence. We haven't seen that. So if, if Smith doesn't have that type of evidence and he's moving forward largely on the speech, then I think he will fulfill the narrative of Donald Trump. He will be the federal version of Alvin Bragg in bringing that indictment. Uh, yeah. I, but what is, who cares, right? Uh, because, because in the end, what this is really all about is the celebrity of Jack Smith. This is, this is really what it's Jack all about. Jack Smith can't resist a $5 footlong. That's according to what we see right there, new and exclusive CNN video of the special counsel at Subway. Declining, though, to respond to reporters' questions about today's big news, a target letter sent to the former president of the United States, CNN's Evan Perez, was there <laughs> trying to track down the yeah, special... Yeah, new, new and exclusive video of Jack Smith at the Subway. Uh, you, you, you don't think they were, they were tipped off that... Jack Smith, well, the, the normal, average, everyday guy, just go in and get the subway sandwich. And just one last point. Jack Smith, remember when the classified documents target letter, when Trump announced that, there was a lot of commentary. It was Jack Smith making a mistake here. Is he leaving this all to Donald Trump? And then they released the indictment, and we all said, wow. Wow. We read it. We saw the documentation. We saw the level of detail. Jack Smith going to subway today is a message to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump tries to intimidate people. He tries to bully people. He tries to scare you away. That was Jack Smith with no words and a simple $5 sub in his hand saying, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, the imagery was uh, uh, was intentional and spoke volume. It really is. Um, and <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the semicircle of the experts breaking down the Jack Smith visit to the subway shop. And by the way, they called it the, the $5 sub, and, and that wasn't a thing Last time the $5 sub even existed at Subway, I think was when CNN actually had had ratings. And I'm, and I'm, I'm so the, the $5 Subway sandwich doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, the somehow this being a message, I'm still trying to figure out what kind of message that would be. Because I've, I've never heard of a Subway being particularly part of any kind of revenge rap or, or messaging rap uh, for anybody except for the fact that you have lower standards of lunch choices. That's that, I mean, other than that, that's about it. And I, I wonder if Jack Smith was the guy who was, was he the guy who asked what a banana pepper was? Is, is that the guy who you had to wait in line behind who couldn't figure out, well, what is that? It's a, oh, it's a banana pepper. What's that? It's a pickle. What's that? It's a tomato. All right, enough. Get out of here. Go to McDonald's for crying out loud. You're too much for Subway. But yeah, that's how it all uh, played out yesterday. So that it's a celebrity of Jack Smith that is the important thing to these people. He's the media's new plush toy. He's the Dr. Fauci. They, they, they cling to these guys. They cling to these little heroes of theirs, and that's how it works out. Ron DeSantis, uh, you're going to have to listen a little clo more closely here. Uh, Ron DeSantis was asked about how this all went down and this possible indictment. Here's what he had to say. Um, he was in the White House and didn't do anything while, while things were going on. Uh, he should have come out more forcefully. Of, of course that. 
but to try to criminalize that, that's a, diff that's a different issue entirely. And I think that we, we wanna be in a situation where you, know, you don't have one side just constantly trying to put the other side in jail. And, and that unfortunately is, is uh, what we're seeing now. So there's, um, again, I have, I just, someone had whispered this to me, so I'm sure I'll have a chance to, to look at this uh, in the future, uh, depending on, on the developments. But, but I would say that's kind of uh, what I was going to do. Okay, well, uh, thank you all. It's yeah, so, so that was his response. I think it was, you know, as, as much as you could say, especially when you're dealing with a guy who is, besting you by 30 points, depending on what kind of poll you look at, uh, you you have to be in a situation where you know uh, that people don't like this. Americans don't like this. The media may love it. The media may all salivate over Jack Smith, who they never knew hide or hair about until until recently. But the fact is most Americans don't like this. Uh, they see it for what it is. It's obvious that these people are on a tear, and it's obvious that their main attempt is to keep President Trump from holding office because they're terrified that there is a really super good chance that he will be holding office again. So they're trying everything they can and throwing everything, including the Subway sandwich, at the guy uh, to try to make this this work for them. Three one four five six six sixty one zero four. Phone lines are open right now. Line one. Good morning. Thanks for calling the show. How you doing? Hey, Jamie. Yeah. How you doing, man? You doing, buddy? I'm doing great. What's up? Hey, listen. Maybe the the indictment of Trump by Smith will force uh, Trump's team to obtain the eleven thousand video hours that they have from the federal government that they won't release. Wouldn't that be great that the the oh the the wonderment of discovery, correct? Correct. Yeah. And, I, and so, so maybe this is a blessing to disguise from the left. Yeah, it, it actually could be. I, I, I that, that that's a great catch on your part, because really, if, if this keeps on going, if it's not ultimately thrown out, which is that's a that's a likelihood, too. This is a chance. Uh, to get all kind, this is the chance to get this video out there and get a real vetting of what really happened. I mean, we we still don't see in the mainstream media video of Ray Epps. You still never see one second of it. Uh, so you know, in, 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 I mean, in order for these guys to be able to kind of adequately defend President Trump, I guess you do have to have everything. And so maybe that's maybe you're right. Maybe this is the the moment that we get closer to seeing the real story. Hopefully it is, and hopefully uh, justice prevails, especially for the people still sitting in jail. Oh, but I, those people, you know. Listen, I've talked to people who aren't even really political, and I and I, I'll tell you what's shocking most to the the people that I talk to who aren't maybe plugged in like we are to what's going on is there are a lot of people who don't even know that there are people still in jail over January 6th. If you can believe that. Yeah. I, I just think those people that don't know are ignorance and the fact that they don't want to know. Yeah. They, because it's publicized everywhere. They just don't 
seek out the information that's at their fingertips. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I happen to think those people are people who we could get uh, on our side because if, if you can just simply convince people that this could be you, uh, this could be you. I mean, you, we've got we've got robbers and rapists and all kinds of terrible criminals who don't do nearly the time uh, that that these people who showed up to fight for their civil voting rights are 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 spending. So uh, this is a tra- this is a true travesty. And you're right. Maybe this is the time that the true travesty will get an airing. So be careful what you wish for, Jack Smith. Absolutely. Well, you have a great day, Jamie. You too, man. Yeah, you you have a great day too. I appreciate you calling the show. And uh, your phone calls are all welcome. 314-566-6104. Have a little gem for you. Love this. Love this book. I actually love this president. The truth about Warren Harding. Can you believe it? To win. Allman in the morning. It's Common Sense Radio. Jamie Allman here with you. And let me tell you something. First of all, I am a big fan of jazz. Secondly, I am a huge fan of presidential history. So when this came across my transom, a book called Harding, the Jazz Age President, I was like, all right, I got to know more about this one. This sounds great. Also, it's a a book of about redemption, and I always love redemption stories. And this is a book that says, you know what, Warren Harding, our president for only two years, we're we're happening on the hundred year anniversary of what is his mysterious death, which I didn't actually know was mysterious, but Ryan who is the author here, absolutely does know that. Ryan Walters is a presidential historian, and his book is released right now, Harding, the Jazz Age President. And congratulations, Ryan, on a great story and a great subject and one that is absolutely fascinating on so many levels. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, oh, my goodness, you'd think... You know, because because I I am as much as I know, uh, but I like for instance I know a lot more about Coolidge who came after Warren Harding than I do about Warren Harding. But nonetheless, I've always fell into this whole oh yeah the Teapot Dome scandal oh yeah Warren Harding what a bore what a you know and and as president for two years before his death, uh, I didn't realize first of all how beloved this guy was. Yeah, he absolutely was. He, he was the first president to ever get more than 60 percent of the vote in 1920. Um, of course, you got to remember the country was in really bad shape, and that's one of the things I talk about in the book. And most people don't know that. In the ni- in 1920 and in early 1921, we actually had a depression in this country. It's called the Forgotten Depression. And before that, 1919, it was a year of chaos and upheaval. And, and Harding ran in 1920 under the banner that you've probably heard of. A return to normalcy. That's what he called for, and that's what most people uh, wanted. And so he and his running mate, Calvin Coolidge, who you mentioned, uh, won a big victory in 1920. They began to really reverse a lot of the policies that we had, uh, the country had under uh, Woodrow Wilson and his predecessors. 
And he doesn't get enough credit. That's the whole reason I wrote the book. He really just doesn't get enough credit. Most people, as you say, well, he was he is a scandal-ridden president, teapot dome and all that stuff, and mistresses in and out of the White House. And that's just – it's really a lot of foolishness that I was trying to straighten out. Yeah, well, and, and of course, the teapot dome scandal – came about after his death. I mean, that was that was more a revelation after his death, correct? Yeah, it broke uh, later on. He was actually, uh, at this time 100 years ago, he was on what was what he called the Voyage of Understanding in the summer of 1923. He went as far as Alaska. He was the first president to visit Alaska. He was coming back down the West Coast when he died on August the 2nd, 1923. 23 and he had just learned about that scandal what was going on and i believe he would have done something about it there were two prior scandals in his administration and and people got fired people got prosecuted people went to prison for those uh scandals unlike today when we have a scandal you know nobody ever goes to prison now um so i think he would have dealt with that as well but he died and then of course that all broke and it was easy uh then for people to blame it on the dead guy yeah he's dead so let's blame everything on him even though he didn't have anything to do with it didn't make it you know didn't make any money off of it uh, or anything like that had nothing to do with it um so it's really really unfortunate in that way yeah so uh, i just real quickly uh before we get into uh, uh this so uh you you mentioned the title says the jazz age president is there something related to the jazz age that is significant here in the Warren Harding story, other than, I guess you said it was tumultuous and crazy, but is this just kind of just just a great title, or is there something inextricably related to Warren Harding and jazz? Well, not necessarily okay. jazz, because the, the whole decade of the 1920s was kind of a fun decade. Yeah. The roaring 20s for a reason. you got to remember, we were coming out of World War One and which ended kind of you know unexpectedly in November of 1918, and people were really happy because you got to remember the country was also going through 20 years of, of progressive reforms and a lot of changes, and I think people were just really tired of that kind of stuff, which is why they they you know they they they, they believed in Warren Harding and his campaign of return to normalcy, return to normal st- normal times, and I think people just wanted to let their hair down, and they did throughout the 1920s. And look, Harding had a reputation that he he was a he was a kind of a party guy, particularly when he was younger. I mean, he he, he flaunted a prohibition like most Americans did. Yeah, and uh, you know he he was kind of a he was he kind of fit the the bill in in, in the Roaring Twenties, and you know people just you know the flappers and all that kind of right. stuff, and you know people just you know it was a fun decade, and people just you know wanted to have a good time and and kind of forget about what they just gone through you know, the war and and the, and the remember there was a bad pandemic in 1918 yeah uh, the, the so-called spanish flu all of these things happened there were race riots there were labor strikes there were terroristic bombings in 1919 all kind of stuff going on and i think people just ready to you know get past all that yeah man that was i mean world, uh, uh, and world war one was kind of the first i mean world war one gave us horror films basically it was the first time that i mean b- back in the civil war uh you died i mean when you were shot uh in in world war one was the first time that uh americans saw people come home who survived being shot even even maimed and it was it was a really World War One had a really big impact on the psychology of this country. 
Yeah, it, it really, in, in, in the entire Western world, because you got to remember, before that, we we never had really had a war, and when when war like that, an industrial war, a total war, where millions of people were coming, seventeen million people died in World War One, and when it started in nineteen fourteen, the people, the powers in Europe, they they thought it was going to be a quick war, it'd be over by Christmas time, and that the way prior wars yeah. were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they didn't, it didn't happen that way. Of course, we got in it helped tip the balance toward the Allied powers. But you're exactly right. A lot of people came home not only wounded but horrifically wounded. And that's when we started the Veterans Bureau. And we spent a lot of money um, taking care of wounded vets. And Harding's position was we don't ever need to do this again. And a lot of people's position was, hey, we did it this time. Uh, let's not do it again. And they took steps to try to prevent it from happening. Of course, you know, that, that, that didn't yeah. pan out. Yeah, we had a worse one uh, in the 1940s. So okay, uh, so then now a hundred years ago this year uh, was what you call the mysterious death of Warren Harding while he was on the road, 57 years old. Initially, he had complained of abdominal pain, and there was a doctor who was like, "Yeah, it must be this." And then another doctor came in. I think he wound up actually being the official uh, physician of the for Coolidge, but 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 he uh, but he said no, this is a heart issue, and so there was a lot of mystery surrounding his convalescing at that time. Correct? Yeah, and of course, a lot of people ran with conspiracies and things like that. Yeah, they they thought he initially, like you said, a stomach ailment. Hey, he ate maybe some bad seafood or something and maybe some rest and he would be okay. They called in other doctors. One of them that was on the trip was Herbert Hoover, future president, who was a commerce secretary. Uh, he called in a, a, a better doctor who said, yeah, you, you've had a minor heart attack and we're going to, you know, you need to rest. And of course he was resting in a, in a San Francisco hotel and seemed to be doing okay. The papers were even reporting that he was recovering, you know, he'll be okay after some rest. And then, um, he was, his wife was reading to him and he just passed away either with another heart attack. And some people, others reported that it was a stroke, um, which is likely the case. We don't know because there was no autopsy. Yeah. And that sort of led to the mystery. And a lot of people came out and said, well, we think, you know, his wife poisoned him. That was, <laughs> that was one rumor, which is, was totally unfounded. And people wrote books and things about that, the strange, death of Warren Harding and that, that kind of thing. Of course, he was not in very good health. That's the truth when the, when he uh, when he entered the presidency. As a matter of fact, his wife Florence even said, I don't think he'll survive a term. He had high blood pressure and a, and a heart condition. I mean, his own father and his mother, too, were, were physicians. Um, and they knew his, uh, you know, his heart wasn't that great. Of course, the presidency is a very stressful job, even then. Yeah. Um, and so uh, as far as mystery, a lot of that was uh, people just came up with that kind of thing, looking at the circumstances and and what was going on and really made a mountain out of a molehill. Well, a lot of people felt uh, his wife, Florence, had a really huge impact on his career and was very, very hands on and, uh, and and was very, very involved in his life. And I guess the people who were the mystery people, uh, the strange death people, were all saying, well, yeah, well, you know, cheated on her and she probably poisoned him because she's the one who didn't want the autopsy. She's the one who declined to have the autopsy done. Yeah. And she and after after his death, of course, she was really the first one that really 
began the process of really trying to protect his legacy. You know, she, she burned a, a lot of their correspondence and things later on. Of course, she died the next year in 1924. Yeah. Um, and I think she realized there was probably going to be a problem with some of these scandals and things and his reputation. And, and that was my position, too. I mean, there was so much good that he did in the time he was president. It was a little bit less than 900 days in office. And that just sort of got overshadowed with Teapot Dome and 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 so-called womanizing, which is a which is a myth that I knocked down as well. Um, so his reputation has certainly taken a, a hit, and which which I call a hundred-year smear campaign. Yeah. Well, for for some reason, I mean, I don't know why they would be so intent on doing that, but I will tell you though. It's interesting. So, so you probably then at that point spent a lot of time at the Warren Harding Library, right in Ohio, correct? Um, actually, it was just it was not quite open when I started the project. Wow! And I was very they were they were actually completing it, and of course, then COVID hit. That's when I was doing a lot of work on it. Yeah. And, uh, they, of course, that shut everything down for for researchers and writers like me. We just, I mean, everything was closed. You couldn't go to the library, you know, for right. all that time. So um, I had to do a lot of research in other ways. But unfortunately, there's a, there was actually a collection of Warren Harding's letters that was published that people had gone through uh, the letters and published. So I was able to use that. And, and there's so much stuff now on this online. And of course, the library is now opening and functioning in Marion, Ohio. And matter of fact, um, they're digitizing all of his letters, and so you're going to be able to do a lot of stuff online. Oh wow! Um, now, so there's a lot of that that's, that's happened. I mean, what's online today is really just incredible. What's what's what what what, what you have access to? Yeah. Even years ago, you didn't have the kind of online access right. that we have today, which is which is awesome for people like me. It saves so much time and money. Yeah. Um, Talking to Ryan way. Walters, he's the author of The Jazz Age President, Defending Warren G. Harding. Uh, real quickly, I know, I know you're a presidential historian, and I've always been fascinated with how many presidents – uh, I, I think, uh, at least uh, in the in the midsection of the country, 80, 80, 1880s through the turn of the century, were from Ohio. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's very yeah. interesting to me. Yeah, there was a lot that came out of Ohio. I mean, uh, there was a saying at the time um, that some people are born great, some people achieve greatness, and some are born in Ohio. <laughs> that seemed to be where you needed to be born. It was yeah. something that came out of there. Um, I, I think there's, I think there's officially seven that they consider the, to be from Ohio. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them were right there in that, in that time. Period. Right. And that was an important state, particularly for the Republican party. It still is, but even then, so they just got a lot of, and that was a state that, that Republicans need to win. As a matter of fact, um, Republic, no Republican president has ever won the presidency even today without winning the state of Ohio. Yeah. If you lose Ohio, you lose the presidency and they knew that then. So let's just get everybody out of Ohio. <laughs> because that was a long stretch of time there where you didn't have very many democratic presidents from Lincoln, um, to Harding. You only had two, which was Grover yeah. Cleveland and Woodrow Wilson. That's it. And all of that time and, you know, 80 years or more. Right. Um, so that was so the Republicans. That's when they call it the grand old party, because it, they seemed like they were, you know, going to be in power forever. Yeah, that was the that that 18, that whole era of the beards, you know, starting with Benjamin Harrison yeah, and right. then Rutherford Hayes <laughs> and Chester Allen Arthur. And then you Grover Cleveland had the stash and then you get around Garfield had to had the beard. 
And then you go on to McKinley, and McKinley yeah. was the clean-shaven one for finally for a lot of people. But yeah. Uh, and I think after Taft, we didn't. After he was another Ohio guy. Yeah. After Taft, I don't think we've had any 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 facial hair. Right, right. It's crazy. Well, listen, this book is fascinating. Uh, Ryan Walters really appreciate you uh, joining the show. Best of Absolutely. luck. I guess we can find it on Amazon or uh, bookstores or what yeah. have you. Right. Hey, hey I, I I live on Amazon. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome it's a good place to get it. Uh, no doubt. Okay. Well, Ryan Walters, appreciate your time. Congratulations on the book. Uh, it's been fun talking to you, and have a great rest of your day, my friend. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. All right, you too. That is Ryan Walters, the author of The Jazz Age President, Defending Warren Harding. Yeah, I know. I could geek out on this stuff all day long, people. <laughs> your phone calls are welcome. 314-566-6104. St. Louis. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. It's Common Sense Radio, Almond in the Morning here. Coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, Morgan Wallen. Uh, this this is an attempt. There's another attempt to cancel the guy, and it is over one of his brand-new songs, which is becoming a hit and now is guaranteed to become even a bigger hit thanks to Variety's hit job on it, which basically insinuates it's a bunch of racism. So, you know, off to the races, uh, Wallen back in it, but he's a survivor. He should be able to get through this, and we'll uh, we'll follow up on that in the 6 o'clock hour. In the meantime, Eric Bowling taking on the guy who is always the guaranteed one to die in the movie. His name is Chris Christie, and it went like this. Did Kerry would have done what he said to Chicago? I mean... There's so much to unpack here. You don't like the mm-hmm. guy. You want him indicted? Should he be no, indicted? Should he be out of the race? Go ahead. Uh, he should be. He, he should be charged if, in fact, there's evidence that he's committed a crime that's provable beyond a reasonable doubt in front of a jury of his peers. Until then, he has a presumption of innocence. Um, but in terms of what I said about January 6th, um, that is specifically about what I know, which is that he sat in the White House for hours while the attack was going on on the Capitol and did absolutely nothing, despite the fact that many people, myself included, were personally asking him um, to put out a statement asking people not to be violent. Yet he sat there for hours and did nothing. Well, um, well that if I may, combined with the... If I, if I may, uh, I remember that day sure. distinctly. He did get to the camera eventually, maybe not as quickly as you had hoped. He did tweet saying, hey, <laughs> we're the party of law and order. Let's be calm here. He also did offer... Uh, you know, various law enforcement agencies, which he was turned down, um, you know, offered to Pelosi, who would have to have pulled the trigger on that, and she pushed pushed away. How are you indicting Trump for things that would appear to the to the electric, electorate that he wasn't part of that, whatever you call it, riot, protest? Well, well, first of all, uh, first of all, Eric, I can't indict him for anything. I'm not a prosecutor anymore. I did that for seven years. But what I will say to you is this, um, that he did nothing. I, I hear what you just said. Um, those all came very, very late in the game after this thing was going on for hours. And it's not just me. The, the, those, those all things didn't actually come very late in the game, if Eric doesn't mind me stepping in here. Uh, President Trump requested the National Guard well before any of this ever came down, and he was rejected. And and the D.C. government, which actually you have to, they have to be the ones 
to call it in uh, refused uh, to to cooperate and call it in. So uh, this didn't happen. This this happened well before any of this started. So Chris Christie is not telling the truth right off the bat there. It's people like Mark Meadows, his own chief of staff at the time, who has said that despite pleas from him, from folks like his daughter Ivanka Trump, his son-in-law Jared Kushner, um, and others, Kellyanne Conway, all asking him to act and act quickly, he did not do that. And, do, and do, do quite you frankly, think, too, do, he has do said you that... Think, do you think these indictments today, the announcement, uh, do you think they're, they're legitimate or, or politically motivated? Eric, I can't tell. I mean, there was no indictment today. There was the sending of a target letter. Um, and unlike all the other candidates in this race on either side who want to immediately jump when they hear a target letter to either, you know, criticize the president based upon those things or defend them based on those things. Since I'm the only one in this race who has done this work, I can tell you, you don't know anything until you actually see the indictment. So that's why I said what I said in the tweet that I sent out. Let's see the indictment first. Let's read it. See what evidence that the special counsel has. If in fact an indictment comes, do you, do you, and then give uh, your Christie, opinion. Chris Christie, I, I just the think man, it's better to read Chris, something Chris, before you give the opinion. Chris Christie, the man, the father, the human, the politician, the uh, uh, contributor to, to ABC. Chris Christie, do you think Donald Trump had an interest in inciting the overthrow of the American government that day? But quite frankly, I don't think he cared one way or the other, Eric. I think what he wanted was to stay in office. Um, and I don't think he cared one way or the other what was going to happen. In fact, if he really did care, he would have done what he said he was going to do. When he stood on the ellipse, he said, let's march up to the Capitol together and I'm going to go with you. Uh, he went nowhere near it, Eric. He didn't care what was going to happen. And, and of course, again, I'm, it's a little frustrating because he didn't say that. He said peacefully. Let's march up there. Uh, and I, I'm not quite sure whether Eric just isn't prepared for this or or isn't ready to rock and roll here. But my goodness gracious, this was a sleepwalk uh, through an easy kill on Chris Christie, uh, who actually told mistruth after mistruth here. I'm surprised that the interview lasted this long. After Chris Christie just sat there and babbled on incessantly with mistruths and and ultimately wasn't wasn't called on it. I just it's frustrating to watch this lethargy. <laughs> Sorry, Eric Bowling, but you can do a lot better than that, dude. I'm telling you. 314-566-6104. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.